It's the Pete the Planner Show. It's the Pete the Planner Show. Every week I make up a song to start the show. I can't sing. You don't want me to sing. Alas, we are here at the Pete the Planner Show. Dame, um, welcome to the show. That didn't come from Taiwan. Do you ever wonder why I do things like that? I mean, at one point in time I did, but I've accepted it as part of who you are. Every once in a while, my, my, my wife will say, I don't, I don't believe you know what you're doing. And that was one of those times. Dane, welcome to the show. Hello, podcast listeners. Hello, live stream viewers. Radio, we're not to you quite yet. Dane, turns out Friday, we're recording here the 19th. My sister's birthday is tomorrow. Jameson weighs in from Texas and says, good day on Facebook Live. It's a great day. It's a great day. Uh, I've got a lot to do, so we're going to get to it. Um, I say that every week, and we're not going an hour this week. I literally cannot go 59 minutes this week. We cannot really? do it. Okay. I cannot do it. All right. Um, <clears throat> we're getting right into the show because I cannot do it. I can't do it with you, buddy. That seems hurtful. In three, two, one. This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we answer your money questions. Here's how the show works. You email us, askpete at petetheplanner.com. That's askpete at petetheplanner.com. And when we get your email, I'll read it on the air. And if you say things like, hey, strip out my name and job title and social security number, I absolutely will. Joining me as always is Damian Dunn, Chief Advice Man. I don't know. He's the VP of Advice at your money line. Hey, Dame. Hi, Pete. I got on a roll, and then I started just changing your title. Yeah, I was wondering where that was going. I thought maybe I was getting a, a, a battlefield promotion. Hey, Pete, honest question below. I'd like to know the answer for personal reasons, although I thought you'd like to cover it on the show. Given recent content around inflation and changing conventional knowledge about drawdown rates. Oh, I love this. <clears throat> My wife and I generally set aside between fifty dollars to $60,000 annually for retirement, including employer matches. We have 25 to 30 years until retirement, and our savings is just under $1.5 million. That's 430000 hmm. We max out one 401k and invested HSA. We do not tap for current expenses and usually both IRAs. We're also funding two 529s and making weekly contributions into brokerage accounts. We have a very aggressive risk tolerance, but assume conservative returns for long-term planning. I'm going to take a break here and just just share overshare for a second. Not about this person, about myself. <clears throat> My situation isn't, it is different than this, but in terms of how aggressively this person is saving, mm -hmm. I mean, that really describes me. I don't know if I've got 30 years left in the workforce because <clears throat> this person's clearly younger, but the number of things they're contributing to, HSA, 2529s, all of those things is right in my wheelhouse. Despite all of this, the email or emails, most retirement calculators we've used show us coming up short <laughs> because they assume we'll need 75 to 80% or more of our current income mm -hmm. in retirement. Our income is slightly variable based on annual bonus potential and whatnot, but shouldn't we reduce the amount of annual retirement income we'll need by what we are currently saving? At the point of retirement, we'll be drawing down our balance rather than actively contributing. So it seems that it should be reflected in the assumed need. Okay, I've got two, two major, major beefs with retirement calculators. Dane, but you see the natural problem here, right? Yes. I mean, wh why, 
why do calculators do that? Is it because they assume that people uh, are not going to reduce their expenses in retirement at all? Um, some calculators will take that into account. And if you say that you're going to put a hundred grand into it, that you'll only need 80 as it comes out, which is, I think what they're, they're saying here because it's, it's a slight reduction, but um, most people don't want to live on less than what they are now. Uh, will they have a housing payment? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, hopefully not when they get to retirement, but some of those big expenses hopefully do go away. Now, what we'll also see is that you're freshly retired. You're not going to work every day. You want to still go do things and hopefully your health is still in relatively good condition. So you might go and spend more money than you did doing stuff, traveling, fishing, uh, I don't know, picking up hobbies, trying to figure this all out, keeping yourself busy now that you've got all this time to fill. So you may end up spending as much as you do when you're uh, employed because, well, you want to. I don't disagree with you. Of course, I do agree with you. You understand the stuff better than I do. I would note, though, if you are purposefully trying to shed obligations as you approach retirement, um, it's not like you're going to gather a bunch of new obligations. I, you know, I've had people email me, and I've written about it in various columns, where they must go too far, where they're cutting obligations so much that they're afraid to spend money in retirement, mm -hmm. and they got a ton of money. Uh, if you think about your your work career from the time you get out of school and, and really start progressing through a career, most people not only uh, accumulate obligations, they accumulate priorities without shedding past priorities. And that's what makes life expensive. And that's what makes life really stressful from a financial standpoint is because you, you are, your income's going up, but your obligations are going up right alongside, if not surpassing that level of income. Absolutely. And that can be an absolute um, retirement plan killer when you start to look at all the obligations and uh, the prioritization of those obligations going forward. So you've got to be really careful as you start to weigh how those are going to impact your retirement. If you're going to use a retirement calculator, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure that it's not calculating your, your income need in retirement based on your current level of income. I think that's a bad retirement calculator. I think it's the, uh, the easiest way for the majority of people because they aren't going to, if, if 30 year old Pete is looking at a retirement calculator and it says, calculate how much money you're going to need a month in retirement. That's a tough ask because you don't know what, uh, what housing is going to be. You don't, there's all sorts of variables that could go into that and you might get uh, frozen up on, on that very step and not be able to progress. So the easier solution is to say, all right, uh, let's just say you're going to need X percent of your income to live on based on what retirement planners uh, observe and blah, da, 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 da. We're going to say it's going to be 80% in general. And that's what we're going to base our calculations off of. So asking somebody uh, to figure out how much they need in retirement can be a very, very challenging question. So, you know what we're going to do, and we're going to hit a couple of things, but after the break, I'm, we're going to come back and I'm going to walk people through their current spending and ask them to see how it changes at retirement. So we'll go through each expense category and Dame, you get to be uh, today's contestant on, will you really need that much? Okay. I got to say that again, because as I go and try to re-intro it later, I'm going to probably call it something different. So I got to remember what I'm calling the game show. Will you really need that much? I can't wait. 
I'm going to call it something different, aren't I? Probably. Uh, the other element uh, to this too, which really gets into the game, will you really need that much? The voice is actually changing on the words. Um, <laughs> like I know there's two very specific categories other than retirement in which I'm putting a ton of money toward right now. Three, four, that there's no way in retirement I'm putting money towards those. Housing, kids' activities, mm -hmm. food, because my kids are eating up all the food, and then saving for their college education. That alone, dude, thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars a month. Sure, but there's going to be a period of time between when some of those obligations cease and retirement starts. They're going to have the chance, Pete, to absorb those dollars into your lifestyle and not do something positive with them, whether it's saving or investing or um, giving to charity, whatever that may be. And so all those dollars that won't be spent in retirement could very well be spent in other areas. I get that, but I'm, I'm, let's quantify this for a second, though. I mean, and, and can we ignore inflation for this conversation? Because you start getting inflation to it, then it. We, we talk plenty about inflation where we're acknowledging inflation. We're not downplaying the role of inflation. We're just tackling something else. Let's say the number is $5,000 a month okay. a day of, of shedding things that have needed to be shed. How am I going to reabsorb $5,000 in new expenses when all of these other significant things are gone there's just there's just no way i didn't say it, i didn't see it say it'd be all of the money but it, maybe two, uh, two you know, the, the, the kids are out of the house and you and mrs planner decide you know what we're going to go out and eat at some of our favorite restaurants a little bit more frequently because we really don't want to spend the time uh making dinner and frankly we enjoy supporting our local community and the restaurateurs and enjoying a good plate of food so you know Go out to entertainment. Maybe you uh, get those season tickets to whatever sporting event that you want. I don't know. But I, I think it, to say that $5,000 goes away and you don't absorb any of that back into your lifestyle is silly. I think we'll absorb 30 to 40% of that back. Okay. Okay. But what we're going to do after the break, we are going to uh, go through the ideal household budget, what people should spend now. But then we're going to take a look at through the lens of, how will that change in retirement? All of this great email from this emailer. That's why you email askpete at petetheplanner.com. Coming up after the break, the game will be called, Will You Need This Much? Is that what it's called? I'm Pete the Planner. This is the show. I don't know what it's called. Man, I knew this was going to happen. What would it call it? What did it call it? Will You Need This Much? Was that it? Possibly. Will You Need That, that Much? This Much? Can we play it back? I mean, you could. What do we call it? It'll take you up to 59 minutes if you do, though. Oh, my gosh. Okay, can't do it. Can't do it. We're moving on. Uh, I'm going to share my screen here because that makes for a good time. Why am I singing so much? Nobody knows. I just showed all sorts of stuff. Get off there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm showing like... Uh, <laughs> All right, can we? Can you see my? Am I sharing anything? You, you're sharing you. Okay, I gotta. Maybe I shouldn't do this because I feel like I'm about to share like my entire life. Let's not do that then. Let's not do that. I'll just go through verbally. Oh my gosh. Uh, Rick <sighs> Swink and I need to talk. He's talking about Corvettes. Um, God, that was terrifying. Why did I do that? I was like, I don't know. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, here we go. In three. Two, one. 
Rick's, by the way, Rick Swink, what a great name. <laughs> Rick Swink. Do you think it's yeah. his real name? Of course I do. It's on Facebook. It's got to be real. Rick Swink. I've never heard the last name Swink. Have you? No, but doesn't mean it's not out there. Rick Swink. Mr. Swink. It's Mr. Swink if you're nasty. It's like a Janet Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> That's a Janet Jackson thing. Okay, in three, two, one. Back on the Pete the Planner show. Uh, shout out to all our listeners. No matter where you're listening uh, on uh, all of our affiliates, whether your name is Bill Johnson or Rick Swink, we say hello to you. Dame, uh, I want to go through the ideal household budget with a little uh, game show that I like to call, Will You Need That Much? <laughs> is that what it's called? Sure. Yes, absolutely. Okay. That's the name of it. We're going to go through. I'm going to talk about each category. And then, then, then I'm going to have you um, tell me, everyone, evaluate whether you'll need that much in retirement. So 25% towards housing is what I have allocated towards the ideal household budget. Do you think people will need more or less of a, a housing expense in retirement? Are we talking in reality or ideally? I'm just, I'm going, you. Uh, me, less. Okay, less, same, less. Okay, so I'm at, tw I'm more than 25% right now. I mean, I am more than 25% and that will come down. Okay, transportation is at 15% during as a working person. Will you spend more or less on transportation as a retired person? Maybe a little less, but probably a push. I've got a thing for cars. You know this. That's true. You'll spend more. I will spend less. I just got a picture of you. I was talking about you as a retired person. I just got a like a visual of you with your beard graying up. Like, what, what do you mean? It already is. No, I mean, like, I think at some point it'll be attractive, though. Oh, I do, too. I've, I've already told my wife to prepare. Once once I go gray on top, I might grow it out just to be that more respectable, distinguished yeah. you know, gray hair You've got a Mr. Steal Your Grandma vibe all about you. They got money. Uh, I'm definitely less, less on transportation. Food, 12%. Now, here's my issue right now is my kids are eating more and more. Um, but to your point, I feel like I will eat at nicer places more frequently uh, when I'm retired. So I, I'm going to say push. Yeah, um, I'm very similar boat with you. Kids are growing and they think they need to be fed every day. So uh, food budget is rapidly increasing so we're, we're probably uh i'll probably end up spending a little less that would be my guess 10 percent towards savings and debt see this is the thing uh, to to the, the emailer's point in the first segment i'm not going to resave unsaved money the whole point of retirement is unsavings i'm not going to resave unsaved money right and any surplus that does happen to occur uh Let's say you're a person who or a family who has a pension or two plus a couple social securities and you live a pretty frugal lifestyle. It's very possible in retirement that you could still have more income coming in than you spend on a monthly basis. So budgeting for that, I think, is is silly, but um, it's very possible that you do continue to save in retirement. Community, five per, oh, I skipped utilities. Utilities, 10%. That's going up. I mean, it always goes up. And, and you know, with all due respect to our, uh, our clients who are utility companies, uh, it just goes up. It just, it, it does. Always goes up. And we've got all sorts of stuff that's um, allocated in that, that category as well. You know, cell phones and who knows what that's going to be by the time we retire. And um, 
Yeah, we're going to be colder as we get older, so uh, we'll have to heat, up, heat, heat the place a little bit. We're going to get colder as you get older? Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking like room temperature, but I'm talking, you know, you just, uh, you get, it seems like you get a little chilly. That was like too visual. What, you get colder as you get older. Now, I remember my great-grandma, Cy, uh, Florence Dunn, uh, lived with my grandparents in Speedway, Indiana, and you'd go up into her room and visit her, and she'd have on at all times of the year flannel pajamas, mm-hmm. stocking cap, and the world's largest space heater. Um, and you would instantly start sweating. Like during my early years of my career, when I was a little chunky, I would go in visit her simply as a weight loss technique. <laughs> a sauna. A sauna. I was like, oh, yeah, I want to see her, but I'm looking to, yeah. you know cut some weight for my next match next up five percent towards community i think it goes up you know anytime we talk about spending five percent of your resources renewable resources which would be income and uh time towards your community uh, as a working person it's a it's a give or take as a retired person i think you're going to increase both time and money i hope mine goes up when i retire five percent towards entertainment now, I've always sort of thought this is a little bit silly that the whole point of retirement is to do whatever you want and do whatever you want is to some degree a, a way to talk about entertainment. I'm not sure I'm going to spend any, any more money on entertainment than I do now. I might, I think I want to spend less because entertainment now is really kid centric. I don't like going places. Entertainment sitting in my chair, sipping on some rye, watching crappy action movies. So I don't think I'm really going to spend more in entertainment. Do you? I don't know. I mean, you might. I think you'll spend more than you think you will. You're not going to sit around the house all the time. I think I will. What kind of retirement's that? I think I'll be really the perfect. I'm going to be tired. uh, And so I will be retired, like tired again. (laughs) (laughs) You've said that you want to travel when you retire. I do. Yeah. So you're you're gonna travel and sit in a house in a foreign country to watch TV in languages that you don't understand? Now you've understood in this very moment why my wife doesn't care for me. I don't think you understand what you're doing. No, but I, that that is true. I will say this: on vacation, I like to walk around where we are, and then beyond that, I just like being there. It, but I, I, it's it's sort of a sit down and experience it. And, and Mrs. Planner's like, no, let's go swim in the ocean. I'm like, I don't want to. I think there's cuttlefish in the ocean and they could sting my feet. Well, that's always a possibility. But Pete, we, we, we got to talk about some retirement goals for you. 5% towards medical uh, as a working person. I mean, that just goes through the roof. Goes up. The roof, the roof, the roof is going up in flames. I... Is uh, that's also why, and to the emailer's point, and to my point, that's why I'm so aggressive with HSA contributions now because I view my HSA as my retirement healthcare strategy. Yeah, the HSAs, as we've uh, sung their praises multiple times on this show, fantastic tools, and if at all possible, you will not regret having money set aside for medical expenses in retirement. All right, five percent towards holidays and gifts i think it goes up I, so. I think it goes up because you, your kids have kids and they have kids and those kids have kids it's like rabbits i don't know if you know about that yeah i mean you've got to buy the love of your grandkids to make sure that you're the favorite grandparent over the other grandparents somewhere <laughs> else so 
I mean, there's going to be this competition going on all the time and maybe even, you know, make sure they've got a great little room to stay in when they come over. Uh, there's going to be some expenses. there. I would note that uh, my in-laws and my parents don't get into that spending competition thing, but I have seen it from afar in other families. Uh, you, you half joked about it there. It is a real thing. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sure there are plenty of uh, grandparents that are knee deep in competition with their opponents. Uh, next up, 5% towards clothing. <laughs> to clothing. 5%? Um, 5% towards clothing. Um, here's the thing. It's going down. I'm a clothes horse. I, I have in my life spent a lot of money on clothes. I will admit that. I don't actively spend a lot of money on clothes, but I don't also see myself as, you know, spending a lot of money on clothes as a retired person. Although, you know, being a well-dressed older gentleman is, you know, Pierce Brosnan goals. I mean, you sit around watching TV all the time. You're going to have to get some new clothes. Really? Are you, are you suggesting that I'll wear out my sweatpants? No, I'm suggesting that you may have to get a few different sizes. Uh, oh, you're shaming. Mm. This is a shame-free zone, Dame. Mm, sorry. No shame, Dame. 3% towards miscellaneous. That obviously goes up, right? 3% of your income as a working person can go to miscellaneous things. As a, a retired person, it goes like you got to get hard candy. Your hard candy budget that you hand to people is be its through own, the roof. Be its own category. Yeah. Travel wallets. I feel like <laughs> flesh toned travel wallets. <laughs> I could have done without that. Have you, or what do they call them? Travel belts don't, or money belts? Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> purchased a flesh toned travel belt, money belt that you've laid across your body under your clothing? Not yet, but the day is young. <laughs> okay. Oh, we'll be back right after this. of all the reasons to miss a break (laughs) oh my gosh the radio listener this week is gonna be like what was that what's wrong with him yeah both of them expect it by now what's wrong with that man plenty what's wrong with him that man at least you're not singing okay let me go to the other email what wrong with that man (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm just hoping dj metronome gets a clip of that and drops it into one of his mixes what's wrong with that man you ready to go of course three two one back on the pizza planner show dame got an email from a lady her name is diane and she lives not in our state. And she asks, hi, Pete. I hear everyone talking about tax loss harvesting these days. I'm going to pause right there. I hear people talking about pumpkin flavored food items. I hear people talking about the ineptitude of uh, government for generations. And I hear people talking about um, targeting fouls in college football. I don't hear a lot of people talking about tax loss harvesting. No. Yeah. Now that I think about it, no, people don't. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the hot topics in our house right now. The hot topics in our house, I have a seventh grade daughter and a fourth grade son. So uh, Sports Center is what my son talks about all the time. And my daughter is generally t- trying to get me to bring her home uh, bubble tea. Uh, yes. That's, that's my life. And, but no one mentions tax loss harvesting. I'll have to talk to my wife. Anyway, I continue. My questions are, what is it? And how do you do it? 
If I have a taxable ETF with Vanguard or something, for example, that's set to reinvest any dividends, is it impossible to harvest the losses? Is this for someone who only makes a contribution once or twice per year to fund or to one fund? Please help. Please and thanks. Diana. There you go. You know, in her her email address, her name is Diane in her signature is Diana. Do you think she's trying to throw off the scent? Could be. Uh, it's a risky proposition coming on our show. Dame, what do you think? First and foremost, tax loss harvesting only works in non-qualified accounts. Let's get that out of the way. If you're talking about tax loss harvesting, it ain't going to happen inside of an IRA or a 401k or a Roth or anything like that. This is strictly non-qualified account deal. And can you explain why that is? I mean, I know. I'm just asking you. I'm being lazy. You do it. What You explain it. Sure. So uh, qualified accounts, uh, IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401ks, they grow without having any annual taxes levied on them. So if you uh, buy a stock for 100 bucks and it goes up to 120 and you sell it and move into something else, fantastic. You, you did well. You don't have to pay taxes on those gains because you're going to be taxed when you take the distribution with your income tax. Now, if it's a Roth, obviously, you pay the tax up front, you get to take those distributions tax-free in the future. But either way, those funds still get to grow tax-free while they're inside the wrapper of those accounts. Non-qualified, yeah, non-qualified accounts don't have that advantage. Well, if you make a sale inside of one of those uh, uh, non-qualified accounts, you're gonna have to pay taxes if you sold it for more than you originally bought it for. However, when we're talking about tax loss harvesting, if you sell it for less than you paid for it, you can actually use that loss to offset gains on some of the stuff that you may have sold that made money. So, which, which begs the question that a lot of people have, why would you purposefully sell something at a loss? Is it, you know, you know what I mean? Because the whole point of tax loss harvesting is to do that in order to offset gains. But it does beg that, that original question, right? Sure. And you can sit around and play the mental pinball for quite a while on this and, and probably come up with different answers almost every time. But uh, some people, especially in higher tax brackets, who uh, may have short-term gains, which are taxed at your ordinary income tax rate, by the way, you don't get capital, uh, long-term capital gain treatment, which is going to be, for some people, uh, significantly less than, than short-term. But if they can offset some of those gains with some losses, they may end up saving themselves a fair amount of money by making that transaction. So is most ta tax loss harvesting automated or do you find most tax loss harvesting is manually done? So tax loss harvesting um, has been done for ages. It's really, really popular with robo-advisors right now because everything's just math at that point. They, they look at uh, opportunities to offset some gains with maybe a little bit of losses and they do it or they're rebalancing and they make sure they rebalance uh, smartly to try and minimize uh, the capital gain exposure on those uh, transactions as well. But man, I remember in some of my early days in the industry, end of the year, I'd get a list of accounts and a list of transactions that I had to input to make sure that we were able to uh, sell some stuff that had some nice gains, but then sell some stuff that had a few losses to offset those to minimize the tax uh, liability to the client. And uh, those were long days. So we've clearly answered what it is. Uh, how do you do it? I believe we've answered 
Diane is wondering if she has a taxable ETF with Vanguard, is it set up to do that? Or I mean, I would argue in that situation, she, the, the point is what we're saying is she would have to get rid of that taxable ETF to go to another ETF to generate the loss, which is thus harvested to offset against a gain. So it, it, it's not as simple of saying you can do it yourself. I mean, you can do it yourself, but it has to be part of a bigger strategy. Yeah. And then even if you decide you're going to do it, you have to be careful with what you buy after you sell it because you start to wade into the wash sale rule, which means you can't buy. Uh, I think it's a substantially similar uh, investment. Similar is not the right word. Identical may be the word. So substantially identical investment uh, within 30 days or all that hard work goes out the window because uh, the the tax loss uh, that you tried to capture gets disallowed and you're right back in the starting spot. So with all the meme stock stuff from Reddit last year, you found a lot of people getting in trouble with the wash sale rule, going back into the same securities, trying to get losses and offset losses. So Dame, which begs the question, tax loss harvesting is legal. It is ethical, um, but that doesn't mean the government wants you to do it. Then that's why there's a wash sale. Yeah, they've they've put a little fence around it saying, okay, you can do it, no big deal, but you can't just do it for the tax benefit. You've got to kind of move on to something else or at least something different enough that we can agree that uh, it wasn't just for the tax benefit. Do you tax loss harvest, Dave? No. You don't have any services done uh, that's done for you? Uh. I, if it occurs, it's done uh, auto via automation. I don't do it manually. I don't do it manually. Um, I It is done automated on some of my money. But it, it, yeah, and I get those emails and it's like, actually, I'm going to pull one up. Um, I want to see, I want to I want to give you an example of like, maybe. <laughs> uh, might not work. Might not work. Always good to stall on the radio screaming, this might not work. It's not going to work. <laughs> I was trying to grab it a personal example from my email, but that didn't work. That's fun. Isn't that fun? That was you stuff good, like that? That was a good 25 seconds. Oh, boy. So, needless to say, taxless harvesting is good. It is for non-qualified money. You have to know what you're doing. You don't really want to get caught up in amateurism as it relates to tax loss harvesting because you'll defeat the whole purpose. And you could really mess it up. I, I would also note that this shows the value of having a good financial advisor, too. I know everyone likes to do it themselves. Um, but financial advisors are going to have the resources to help people do that in a more sensible way. Absolutely. And this, uh, I just want to reiterate, this is typically something that you would use for short-term capital gains, not long-term. Long-term, the rates are pretty darn reasonable. But if you find yourself in a, a higher tax bracket where you've got some short-term capital gains, it is something you may want to consider, and chances are you've got somebody that will be able to help you with it, and you won't have to uh, to try and figure the ins and the outs. I have a long history of overselling how exciting this week's biggest waste of money of the week is going to be. But I have to admit, this week, I have got one that is heinously a waste of money. It's so ridiculous that it should almost be illegal, and the people selling it should be absolutely ashamed of themselves. That's an amazing tease. I was just thinking so myself. I was like, wow, I wasn't even paying attention. And that's what I was able to do there. 
Well, don't pay attention more often. Oh, you know, I, I'm good at that. Okay, so Dame, coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week, a ton of current events this week. There's a lot in the business news this week that we are going to share with you. So Dame, it's going to be rapid fire round. You're going to need 10 to 12 stories. Okay. I'm just kidding. Okay, all that is next right here on the Pete the Planner Show. I'm Pete the Planner. I like that I ran short on that segment, which seems rude to the people editing my show at the station. <laughs> Little outro, cover everything up. Yeah, there's like, uh, like they always play um, John Mellencamp songs on their flagship station. Of course. I can't do a John Mellencamp song. I just realized that. <laughs> Are you ready? Do you have your stories pulled up? I, yeah, I'm always ready. Three, two, one. This week's biggest waste of money of the week right here on the Pete the Planner Show is, Dame, the Green Bay Packers are selling stock. Why? Because they want to renovate Lambeau Field. Now, the problem with this is um, people don't actually get a share of ownership in the uh, Green Bay Packers when you do this, it's more or less a donation. There's no resale market once you buy $300 or $300 share of this. And based on NFL rules, this is my favorite part, if you own a portion of the organization or said to be an owner, you can't complain about the NFL or you are fined. See, if Jim Ursay were to complain publicly about the NFL and officiating all these sorts of things, he gets fined. If you're the owner of any part of an NFL team, you're not allowed to do that. And so what's wild about this is you both don't actually own the Green Bay Packers, yet technically aren't allowed to complain about the Green Bay Packers, and you gave them $300 so they could upgrade Lambeau Field, and you don't actually want them to upgrade Lambeau Field. And the Green Bay Packers, the money they actually generate should be the ones renovating Lambeau Field because they're the ones making the money, not a donation from the community to upgrade something that no one wants upgraded. Otherwise, it ends up looking like Soldier Field, and the team moves out, and a new replacement team goes into Soldier Field years later. That's this week's biggest waste of money of the week. First of all, I don't disagree. Second, wow. uh, going uh, aggressive against a very large fan base may not work out well for you. Well, who am I going aggressive against? The Packers. I'm not against the Packers. You're against the Packers fans for doing this. No, uh, not really. <laughs> I just think it's insincere to call it a stock sale when, in fact, it's not a stock sale. You get a certificate to hang on your wall, Pete. What more do you want? I got a certificate for politeness class in third grade. How's what, that gone? What if you look at it as a piece of art that you're buying that, that hundreds of thousands of other people own, too? You know, I've been thinking about the star registry recently mm -hmm. where you can name a star mm -hmm. after a, a girlfriend or something. Sure. Um, who who really feels like they have the right to sell naming rights to stars? I mean, that's pretty aggressive, isn't uh, it? Americans. Oh, I mean, that's uniquely American. I'm going to start selling naming rights to trees in the National Forest. That's a good idea. I would have like, this tree, what do you want to call it? Oh, Rebecca Johnson? Oh, okay, well, there you go. That's $37. Here's your certificate you can hang on your wall next to your Packers share. There you go. Uh, by the way, 
I would like to point out that the Packers story was going to be my first news story of the week. So you've effectively cut down the number of stories that I can share. Oh, you want, you want to name part of this glacier? Sure. Uh, I'll sell you part of the glacier naming rights. What do you want to name it? Rick Swink? Okay, fine. This is Rick Swink the glacier. There you go. How about you name uh, potholes around town every spring? That seems aggressive. Dane, what's in the news this week? There's a new silent killer on Wall Street. Electric vehicle stocks not named Tesla. Mm. Since going public last week, Rivian has more than doubled in value. And earlier this week, it flaunted a $146.7 billion market cap that made it the third most valuable automaker in the world behind Tesla and Toyota. There seems like there might be a problem here, Dame. It zoomed past Volkswagen uh, in that process. Uh, Volkswagen is a huge group. Uh, Quick stat check. Rivian has no material revenue and delivered a total of 156 of its electric pickup trucks by the end of October. Volkswagen, on the other hand, delivers 10 million vehicles a year, generating annual revenues of around $300 billion. But let's not just pick on VW. Rivian's also more valuable than nearly 90% of the S&P 500 companies, including Starbucks, Boeing, and Goldman Sachs. I've been trying to get my head around this. I know Amazon has a big stake in Rivian. They do. Uh, and which is fine as an Amazon shareholder. I'm <laughs> like, hey, let's go. But it's eventually going to tank. Um, I, this, uh, this seems like a whole bunch of FOMO to me. Yeah. I mean, everything in investing feels like FOMO these days. I mean, there's also another company, uh, Lucid is uh, their mm-hmm. car, the Lucid Air, just one car of the year on Motor Trend. And they, uh, they brought in a whopping $232,000 in sales in the third quarter of this year. That seems like a lot. I mean, compared to Rivian, it might be. Um, did you see this story this week that I'm probably going to steal another one of your stories? Um, the Staples Center got renamed Crypto.com. Crypto.com uh, Center. Yeah, for 700. Was it 700 million? Was that what it was? 10 year rights for 700 million? Or like 70 Bitcoin. Um, yeah. You have thoughts on that? I mean, people, like apparently, I think it's Bill Platchke from the LA. I might just be making people's names up. Somebody was really upset. Some sports writer, up, I've totally just guessed of who that was, uh, out in L.A. got very upset. And he, it's an affront to Kobe Bryant, the legacy of Kobe Bryant, to sell the naming rights away from Staples Center. And it's like, it, I mean, all respect to the, the, the late Kobe Bryant. I don't know if Kobe Bryant would really care that it's not called the Staples Center anymore. I'm pretty sure he'd still play there regardless of what it was named if he was um, still playing. Isn't that weird that you, that you, I mean, these things change names. Like I remember when Mile High Stadium was no longer called Mile High Stadium in Denver. It was called like Sports Authority Field or something, something like, like that. that. Or, yeah. and, and it's all lame. You're like, I mean, with all due respect to Sports Authority, you're like, ah, this is dumb. I wish it was just Mile High Stadium. But that's just the way it works. A local example, Deer Creek. Sure. Now it's, I believe it's Ruoff. I think so too, but, but people of our age still call it Deer Creek frequent, very frequently. What else is in the news? Do you have any stories left or I steal them all? Uh, No, I do have a couple. Uh, U.S. retail sales sales rose by more than an expected 1.7% in October from the previous month, showing that shoppers are burying any inflation worries under a pile of electronics, groceries, and new cars. (laughs) Uh, online retailers saw a huge 4% uptick in sales, which perhaps is evidence that shoppers are front-loading holiday gifts to get ahead of potential shipping delays, which 
seems like that's all we've heard about for the last month is bye, 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 because everything's sitting out in the Pacific Ocean outside of Los Angeles. Um, Meanwhile, earnings reports from major retailers also presented a rosy view of the shopping landscape. Walmart said more customers are shopping in stores. Companies said shelves would be stocked for the holiday shopping season with inventory growing at 11.5% last quarter. And Home Depot also cruised past expectations. Seems the home improvement boom is chugging along as if it were all still in lockdown. So, uh, bottom line, all this bullish retail news arises as consumer confidence fell to its lowest level in a decade this month, and maybe our perception isn't reality. Dame, how much rotting food do you think uh, is sitting in con- shipping containers around the world? I hadn't considered that, but that's not a great thought. I know. I That's all I think about. Every time I see like shipping containers backed up, I'm like... God, there's probably some cheese in there that has gone extra blue. <laughs> like, and that is my image. Every time I see a shipping container that's frozen, some people are like, oh, supply chain. I'm like, rotting cheese. Every time. Yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's a stinky problem. You know, I ate yogurt this week that was six days past the expiration date. And, of course, I Googled, can I do this without dying? I think it was, sure. that was my long-term search frame. And... It turns out you can eat yogurt that it just isn't at peak flavor. Hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, but that's, I mean, if you want to talk about the certain like foods that you really shouldn't risk, yogurt seems like the category of like, I don't want to push it with dairy, you yeah. know? Yeah, I would agree. Uh, one last real quick story, Pete. Sure. CVS is closing 900 stores over three years roughly 10% of its footprint as it remodels its locations to focus more on health services. Companies making receipt paper are expected to be hit the hardest by the decision. I was thinking of a good joke to make, but you already made a joke and, and I don't want to one up your good joke there. Thanks. Um, well done, sir. You know, my son calls yogurt sour pudding. That's the best description ever. It is. It is like, it's, it's really great. So, yeah, all right, Dame. Good show this week. Uh, I believe we are off next week because it is Black Friday. And in lieu of doing a Black Friday show, I'm going to sit on my couch and really enjoy not being entertained. Prepare for retirement. Preparing for retirement. A little yeah. mock retirement exercise. Yeah, so uh, everyone have a great holiday season with their family. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll be back after the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm Pete the Planner. All right. So I just ended the show because I ran out of time, <laughs> bad timing today, <laughs> but I will say to everyone else, I'm going to ignore <laughs> I'm a mess. Um, all right, damn, I do have to go very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, goodbye to you. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Thanks for, uh, uh you, thanks for being part of our, our community here. Uh, what do I say? Oh, stay getting money. <laughs>